Hello and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu and I use this platform not just to share expert but also my ideas and consider best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. And when I say best practices, it's very much an evolving thing. So Every day, every new week, it's about, you know, recommenting and updating our views on what the current best practices are. So anyway, if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry um, and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to, if you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussions, and even if you do, then like, follow, share, um, retweet on that's right, Twitter with my handle, The Marketing Anu. Um, and to see snippets and quotes from our previous podcast, um, episodes follow the dedicated podcast instagram page at ppc chat underscore roundup um, and also other places to follow me is also on linkedin so just search for my name um, anu adigbola on there so today we are led by the lovely julie Bicini, um on what i'm naming the paid medium medley of topics um, we jump across several topics including but not limited to flock so that's the federal learning of cohorts is it the federal learning of cohorts i am going to go to the official ppc chat resource page to where we um have a new section on acronyms <laughs> to double check that it is the federal we are federated learning of cohorts and um yeah we have a page on all the acronyms that we've used that we're probably going to be using in future chats um on official ppcchat.com and if you go to resources and go on to um ppc acronyms you'll see all the acronyms we've used um so yeah we we cover topics like flock query ma- query matching smart bidding and and several more i think we will cover stuff like bidding and stuff and um on my twitter i'm just also going to give details of some of the previous episodes where we have covered these topics in more detail um so we've had separate uh, we've had one episode and um you know one whole chat where we only talk about data privacy and flocks um extensively so that's like episode 144 and 127 um and when we cover topics like query you know search query and how google has um really changed that on us um yeah we covered that in topics one um, in episode 121 but yeah follow me on twitter and you'll also get those details so yeah let's get into our chat remix <laughs> so um, yeah julie starts off saying hello and thank you all for joining me today we're going to jump around a bit during today's chat over a few different topics including flock and query match query matching and more but first how are we doing today so yeah our roll call uh, we've got um julia vice going morning folks waving hello from island from the island where it's sunny it was it's been very sunny few days here in london as well so that's really nice robert brady joins us saying doing great julia um goes in saying it's a lovely day here pollen levels notwithstanding um and yeah, we've got a few people that joined us, um, but we'll get into our questions. So Mali goes, hello, we've had an excellent weather this week and it's been nice to have a few days off. I am sure that's true. So a nice little like PSA is what I'd like to call it, our public service announcement for the, the basic rules for <laughs> for joining the chat. Uh, Julie goes, before we go into the questions, this chat is intended for PPC professionals of all levels. If you have something you want to share, please do. We are a friendly and supportive community. Please do. Uh, please or please don't be afraid to participate of course if you're just going to lurk that's fine as well um questions will be numbered as they are tweeted 
Q1, Q2. And when you answer, please start your answers with A1, A2, which really helps with the recaps as well. So if you already also go live on the tweets um, on Twitter, that'll be helpful uh, as well um, for the recap. So um, yeah, let's get into our questions. So Julie starts us off with talking about flocks. Um, she asks, with flock rolling out for testing in the US, has your thinking about it changed at all? Robert Brady replies, um, I've been surprised by the universal negative reaction to flock by almost everyone. This might be DOA. Um, dead on arrival, I think. He, is that what he, is what he means? And um, yeah, that's pretty, pretty nervous about it being um, dead on arrival. Um, so Amalia replies to that saying, I'm interested in what's going to happen with the browsers and Flock. And honestly, don't think we can say what's going to go down. Yeah, everything's very early stages right now. Julie replies, the fact that they are not testing it in Europe. And I have read that in its current form, it's not necessarily GDPR compliant. I may, um, I have many questions about its viability. So yeah, even that one, whether it's going to be viable, we are not sure. Um, Sean Ellie replies, not really from an ad perspective. I have started to think about the user more. I personally like personalized ads and get upset when I get ads shown to me that clearly I am outside the target market. Will users dump Chrome and go elsewhere or am I in the minority? Interesting. I guess it just depends on the functionality and um, the ease of use um, and whether we can find the things we're looking for, really, isn't it? Julia Vice replies, it's not rolled out to Canada. Canada yet so this is a wait and see for me and in a response to Sean Ellie's um, response to question one where Sean had said not really from an ad perspective I have started to think about the user more um, Julie, Julie replies say it will be interesting to see how this all plays out people complain now about ads that feel too intrusive how will they feel when the ads they see seem to be for lots of stuff that they are not interested in because they will not stop seeing ads that's very true we are definitely still going to see ads it just depends on how we're going to see it. Um, Julia Vice replies, exactly. Programmatic will just turn into TV. Greg replies saying, yep, especially on any browser except Chrome, we'll see more contextual targeting on page content and on bigger or smarter publishers, probably some demo or limited audience stuff layered on for, layered on for certain buys. And we have SnapTech Marketing um, joining us as well, saying um, in reply to question one, we're taking it day by day. We will be watching our U.S. clients closely with how this rolls out. Um, Greg replies to question one, saying there's still too much we don't know. It's not even GDPR compliant yet. Yes, as um, Julie Bicini mentioned as well. So it will change again somehow. Long term, I think it will basically just replace affinity or in-market segments and appear roughly the same in platforms, but work differently under the hood. That's a very interesting take from someone who is um, like a software engineer himself. So Greg's speciality is actually like in programming and building um, like AI kind of fancy AI tools to help um, make um, auditing things like auditing a lot faster. And we've got Julie taking us to question two, um, sticking with um, this theme um, again, saying, are you putting anything into place now to be ready for Flock and the impending dropping of iOS 14.5, which is rumored to possibly happen today with the scheduled Apple event? Um, have you guys seen that happening yet for anyone who's on um, iOS or anyone who's doing ad advertising um, on with Apple? So, um, yeah, Brett still replies to question one, saying, my thinking about it hasn't 
doesn't necessarily change, but I do feel like I'm seeing more and more platforms saying they are proposing blocking. Flock, interesting, which for me prompts the question, why? Is there a strong privacy concern we should be aware of? Yeah, well, in the UK, definitely. Snaptag replies to question two saying, um, we have already been taking all the recommended steps for iOS 14.5 and have our analytics team researching how best to approach Flock. Getting additional ideas from this community is also high on our list. Amalia replies to question two say, as well, saying we've been looking at getting ready for iOS 14.5 for weeks now with our one team member dedicated a lot of the time to prepping any Facebook clients. For Flock, we'll see it's hard to know what to put in place when the impact or implementation is so fuzzy. Robert replies to question two saying, I'm not putting any chips on Flock just yet, but I'm doing all I can to be ready for the iOS 14 issues. Um, Julie replies, echoing others, Flock is too theoretical at this point to worry about very concretely. iOS, on the other hand, is on our doorstep, being pushing clients to really get their ears in gear and get serious about collecting emails um and then sarah replies to question two same for ios yes claiming education goal revisiting expectations but with flock not yet but we are absolutely talking internally here and and digging deeper into analytics data for god hashtag one of those days um Sean replies to question two saying that I watched the town hall, which was very informative for me, would recommend last week. So I am paying more attention to next steps, but I'm currently not making any drastic changes. Um, and then, yeah, Julie continues her answer to question two saying that I have a big question about iOS 14 and tracking two that I have not seen talked about. The don't track me is done in the app or app level, um, does that mean that people opt not to be tracked will also not be tracked on their computers? I think people would expect that because that could get really messy if people think they are not to be tracked because of the app opt-out but are still tracked for all their computer activity. Interesting. And yeah, Julia Vice replies to that saying that Apple has made a lot of hay about not unlocking devices for law enforcement. So if they ever clarify, it will likely include device level. As Apple moves more into media, they will have to reassure customers that this lake of this lake of IDs they have won't be misused. And Amalia replies, this is a very good question. Greg replies to that saying, I may not be 100% on this, but I feel like Safari and to varying extents, other browsers will, will already be doing um, this through ITP. And then because the app settings are in Apple's ecosystem only, the do not track doesn't exist anywhere else. That's very interesting. We then have Andrew McGarry replying to question two saying, am I writing saying emails as identify is how ad tech is broadly looking at this? That's the impression I get. Um, and then we have um, Julia replying to that saying, do you think they'll bring back Gmail specific ads now that iOS 14 is a thing? Um, Andrew replies, Gmail ads is still going strong in the UK. Is it now? I wasn't aware of that. Um, and then, yeah, Julia replies, it's called discovery over here. You can separate Gmail from YouTube and GDN. Um, and Andrew replies, my YouTube paid subscription should remove ads from Gmail too then. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, Julia replies, I didn't follow that. And I'm not sure I do follow that either. <laughs> as well um and then yeah we've got some some more reply to andrew's um, answer where he was like um am i right in saying emails as identifies how ad tech is broadly looking at this um yeah julia was just yeah julia Bettini was like i don't know and um yeah if any of you guys know that would be great 
And then we go on to question three with um, Julie asking, what are you experiencing with queries in Google ads lately? Oh, and here comes the, the barrage of like upset and annoyance again. We've got Amalia replying saying, what aren't we experiencing is really the question. Still seeing lack of visibility, still seeing completely bizarre and inappropriate matches, still frustrated about both of the above. And we've got Julia Vice as well replying saying not much. And I don't mean little has changed. I mean, I can't see a damn thing. Um, public sector queries um, were already pretty light, but their sirs and mams, the well is, but they's sirs and mams, the well is dry. So yeah, just a lot less visibility. Julia replies, I'm so frustrated with queries right now. I turned off an entire category of keywords to see how doing so would impact conversion rates. Guess what Google did? Kept on showing for those types of queries is just matching to other keywords oh that sounds seems is very frustrating if literally you can't even tell google properly the kind of ads you do not want to be showing against this is a new level of strategy we have to think about and i i do think that we do need to find a way of of seeing how our strategies how what this new way of our ads showing against such in terms of matching with our strategy and working around the strategy um so yeah a lot of strategy work i think is really needed for this andrew mcgarry also replies to question three saying we have look we have to look at decisions through lenses of google's internal revenue pressure incremental changes will continue and removing match types is end game it will happen albeit with limited brand inputs agency as middlemen job is to maintain budget bias over alternatives <laughs> julia vice replies boo sean ellie replies so annoying um and then yeah we've got SnapTech marketing as well replying to question three saying we're still seeing the loss of data from last september while that is to be expected what is particularly frustrating is the lack of data um around terms that have converted even when looking in analytics is anybody else seeing this sean ellie replies to question three saying on the e-com site search campaigns have taken a note on the e-com site search campaigns have taken a noticeable hit for my clients i'm having a comb through queries often to try and get rid of the crap making it through and then when i try to tighten up by focusing on exact google tells me not eligible low search volume so yeah when you try to use um exact match terms in there um that you actually want to show for it's always not um not eligible because of a low search volume which is quite annoying um julie replies to that saying i'm really feeling like the march towards keyword as a secondary targeting factor is picking up speed i do not like this at all yeah the speed of it especially i feel we are going to definitely have it um and amalia replies it is, it is definitely where we are going and she does a further tweet mainly um talking towards that robert brady replies to question three as well saying i just can't get over the irony the irony that negative keywords match so strictly um positive match types don't seem to mean anything um again i just can't get over the irony that negative keywords match so strictly and positive matches types don't seem to mean anything so we're positives um nothing but when you actually add um, a negative match it only um, excludes that exact keyword so it doesn't have close variance um negative matching so if you put like a keyword as an exact match negative 
it will strictly only negate that term. So it doesn't do, you know, negate the close variance versions of that keyword, which is, I think, yeah, it is very annoying, annoying and very double standard. And which is why that tweet got a lot of likes from people. Cause yeah, it's pretty much Google playing the game to make it favor them and not the advertisers, which is quite sneaky. Um, Sarah Steeman replies to question three saying, so frustrated. And frankly, I use it for more than negatives. Google, uh, I use it more um, to negative Google talking to you, Big G. Keyword expansion, ad group breakdowns, etc. cetera. Um, and Amali replies to, yeah, Robert Brady, where he had said that I can't get over the irony of negative keywords match being so strict. Um, and so Amali replies, exact match now feels like what Broad used to be back in the day. She says like she's been doing this longer than six years. <laughs> <laughs> um, Julie replies to question four saying, oh, Julie takes us even on to question four. Um, and I think it's, yeah, still talking about, uh, this is actually a question from that someone must have DM'd to her. So Julie asks, both TCPA and TROAS bidding strategies in Google ads will be de deprecated this month. What, if anything, do we need to prepare for this change? Could these changes impact the CPN ROAS negatively? And I think at this point, I actually thought that would be great to have a chat just about bidding in general. Um, yeah, that would be nice. And so that we thank um, Mab underscore says for that question. Sonica replies to that. I don't believe we will need to do anything to prepare. Just keep an eye on your CPA and CPCs as these changes are implemented and adjust smart bidding targets as needed. Also seems like new fields will be read only through the API. Mark Bissoni replies to the question saying, looks like TCPA and TROAS aren't actually going away. They won't be standalone bidding strategies, more like optional extras. Um, and then, yeah, we've got, um, uh, yeah, Amalia had given a hot take, which, yeah, a lot of people liked, saying Google knows exactly what they are doing and wants to limit our data so they can feed their machine, have it learn more and develop their AI further, which they can't do the same way if everyone is controlling things at the keyword level. So, yeah, pretty much Google just playing the system for it to work the best for themselves, which if they own it, wouldn't you do as well? Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's a double standard there. And then we've got um, we reply to um, Amalia where Amalia had said exact match now it feels like what Broad used to be back in the day. Julia Vice replies saying, I feel a little different about this because of voice search. Skip the misspelling, skip the type versus conversational. I think it's okay for broader terms to get matched well. I just don't think the machine is ready to do it well yet. Um, yeah, Google responds to that. And we have Julia Weiss replying to question four saying it will affect some of my clients, but omni-channel brat ROAS for us is calculated across media platforms. So it won't have the same impact to us as e-com. And I definitely think that is the way forward. Look at the multi-channel, look at client ROAS, not channel ROAS, which I think is a very good uh, means. And in reply to Amalia's hot take about Google knowing exactly what they're doing, etc., Sam was like, yeah, this is definitely has the sheen of possibility. I think it has the absolute glare and beaming light of possibility. Um, and yeah, he continues. I also think it's a nice way to boost CPCs in any 
in an otherwise saturated market, i.e. throw more advertisers into the same auctions via broad and voila, instant revenue increase. Amale replies to that saying, this is a great point. We're seeing branded CPCs rise across the board, likely because of the match type switches. The competition hasn't directly targeted or changed keywords. They just don't know to look for the new negatives is my theory. Um, Julie replies to that saying, are you seeing different matching in competitor campaigns? I definitely am. Brand terms were creeping in there and also competitors we were not targeting. Um, and we, in reply to that, we've got um, yeah, Amalia going, yes. So she's seen that for not just brand terms, but also competitor terms as well. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Julie replying to Sam as well, going, um, the pressure on Google to keep having their advertising numbers grow every single quarter is definitely driving some of this. But the whole messed up earnings expectations and stock market valuations is a whole another topic. Who knows? That might be another chat for a future date. And then we have some more answers coming in for question four. Um, John Kagan goes, maybe it is just me, but T. Roas caused more issues in terms of volume that than benefits if I ever got it. Uh, it just means I never I need to learn hard into max conversions with a strict CPC. Um, sorry, I'll say that again. So maybe it, it is just me, but T. Roas caused more issues in terms of volumes than benefits I ever got. It just means I need to lean hard into max conversions with a strict CPC. Sean Ellie replies to um, question four saying that they are just being moved, right? Another unnecessary Google optimization. They will be under max conversion and max click bidding won't impact most people except for the few who can't find it and end up using max clicks. Cut to Google, evil laugh. <laughs> I really wish uh, this is where I feel like Google support should advise. Um, Sean Eddie replies saying that this should be max conversion and max conversion value, not max clicks even. Um, Amalia replies, I feel like the Google evil laugh is just on a loop at this point. It pretty much is, especially with all the updates they probably know that are coming later this year. Mark Bissoni gives another gives an answer to question four as well, saying looks like TCP and TROS aren't actually going in a way they won't be standalone bidding strategies more like optional extras snap tech marketing goes these um these are the two smart bidding strategies we primarily use interested in seeing whether or not not this impact cpa or roas and to what extent as the implementation is supposed to be similar just via the maximized strategies julia as well gives her answer saying that yes they are being rolled into maximized conversions bidding strategies so not going totally away but being but again being demoted or made harder to find or use um sam as well replies to question four saying so in so in theory i'm actually okay with this um because i don't think tcpa plus t rows are used as well as they could be and i think global maxima solution is usually preferable um to a local maxima solution um so yeah as again i think a global maxima solution is usually preferable to a local local maxima solution on the list of google ads changes this one strikes me as a meh fine <laughs> that's a good one from from sam because a lot of changes from google is very much a lot more than me. Um, Amalia replies, as long as I don't see performance dip, I'm with you. If it's a shady disguise, I'll take issue. Um, Sam replies, agreed. I see this as more of a cleanup item and less of a malicious intent thing. The only thing that would give me pause, maybe is the fact that TROS plus TCPA were the only two smart campaigns with bid modifier adjustments could be a problem 
for some. Um, Amalia replies, definitely. I know it is going to cause that problem for me in one of our bigger ad accounts. Sam replies, ironically enough, that might actually push more advertisers who need or want that granularity into ECPC versus max conversions. And then, yeah, Sam asks Ginny Marvin for any advice on that. And then Mike, Mike Ryan gives an answer to that same modifiers. I think in the near future, Google will come at this from the other side, namely via conversion val roles instead of bid modifiers. And he adds a link to that one, which I'm sure will be on the official PPC chat site with um, the roundup. So yeah, I really like when conversations, like when one answer to um, a question just leads into that whole nice side conversations of, you know, talking about that one topic between um, a few of our experts there. Um, but yeah, going back into um, our main answers, we've got Sonica as well, giving an answer to question four saying, I don't believe we will need to do anything to prepare. Just keep an eye on your CPA, CPCs as these changes are implemented and adjusted and adjust smart bidding targets as needed. Also seems like new fields will be read only through the API. And then we've got um, Julie giving us um, question five saying, let's talk smart bidding strategies. Are you using them and how are they working for you? Any issues you are encountering? Um, to question five, Amalia replies saying, this is what my most recent talk was about. We do use them of the smart strategies or machine learning. There's, they're the best to use in my honest opinion, but not across the board and not without testing. We also tend to avoid the maximizers with our clients, smaller budgets. Um, and then, yeah, we've got SnapTech replies saying, um, has anyone else seen a rise in branded search CPCs? And that was, um, in reply to Amalia going that they have seen it, um, and Amalia Malia does work with SnapTech marketing, so that's why they don't have a particular answer, I imagine. And we have Sean Ellie replying to question five saying, in some accounts, yes, in others, no. I just had to turn off enhanced because it was in some cases getting way too aggressive and the average CPC was nearly double the highest bid without any conversions. My advice, run experiments, test it each time before broad adaptation. Yeah, I think that really should be the key tip for every new thing that Google is doing, test before you roll out. John Kagan replies to question five as well, saying that smart bidding, so just so I am clear, I am trusting and trusting the platform I give money to, to responsibly manage money that they can decide if more needed on a whim without fully showing the evidence. And, and then he, he uh, attaches a gif with um, Dr. Evil from Austin Powers going, how about no? <laughs> so yeah, smart bidding is not something um, he's, he's going with, I imagine. John then replies, then continues saying, that being said, for the first time ever, smart shopping is begrudgingly working for me in both engines. Ooh, so yeah, in Google and um, Microsoft advertising, I assume he's saying smart shopping is working. So try it out, guys. And in response to Amalia's answer to question five, where Amalia had said, this is what my most recent talk was about. We do use them of the smart strategies or machine learning. They're the best to use, but not across the board and not without testing. We also tend to avoid the maximizers with our clients, smaller budgets. And Julie replies to that saying, with smaller budgets, the maximize can sometimes equals to spend my maximum allowable amount or more every day rather than necessarily maximizing the conversions. Then again, we have no idea what it's going to maximize the conversions other than spending all the money. And this also even reminds me about the fact that Google can also spend two times. So that means 
double what your campaign you said your campaign daily budget to be so doing that whole maximizing thing uh, do that with a huge pinch of salt uh, i say huge pinch of salt that's um an oxymoron with a huge pinch of <laughs> again with a huge <laughs> amount of salt what's wrong with me moving on and then we've got um, Julie taking us to question six, saying that what is your biggest frustration when auditing accounts? Is there one thing in particular you always check first because it can identify other areas to investigate? And this is where I come in because I was lurking for most of the day, mainly because I'd had a bit of an accident while I was running and um, I buggered up my knee. Um, but yeah, my answer to pretty much to to this was basically around the whole fact that First of all, I think second of all was mainly about um, when you realize a client don't own their own data, that a previous agency owns the data, which is really annoying. Um, and also lazy account structure, which usually means you need to delete or pause ad groups, but it's also impossible to actually identify how to do that efficiently without losing out on performance, at least in the short term. And sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and lose that performance in the short term. Um before and and then continue with um rebuilding with a really good structure but um yeah going on with some of our answers although we've got a um still an answer for question five sonica says i'm all for automated bidding within reason clients budgets taken into consideration and with ample testing taking advantage of automation seems to be the most impactful way to get time back to focus on strategy mark bersoni replies to uh, question four question six even <laughs> saying i'm always follow the money that's the golden rule for auditing yeah that's true steve gibson replies i don't really have a structure i just tend to just click around the highest spending campaigns to get a feel for things then go where the data leads me oh i have definitely a structure which is in an excel um, template that i looked through doing a tick of different checks so um yeah if you want that steve i can pass that on to you <laughs> amalia replies to question six saying my biggest frustration is not enough context or access my biggest frustration on when people audit my accounts is that they don't bother with the change log and recommend things i've already i've clearly already tried very bitter about this right now oh that's annoying because yeah i don't think people should there's some, I don't think people should be afraid of getting their accounts audits, but also it should be done by people who know what they're doing and who have checked everything, change logs as well. So if you do um, audits prematurely, that's, that's wrong on your part. Um, and then we've got Snap Tech rep, uh, Marketing replying to question six saying, definitely check the conversion tracking and have that context first. If that data isn't accurate, for whatever reason, the client can't account for it. That should influence the rest of the audit and how you determine success. Julie replies to question six saying, my current big frustration is that platforms are not set up to make for easy seeing what happened when, if, when, if you didn't build the account. Also lately, I checked the auto applied dashboard first, then conversion actions. Julia Vice replies, I don't often have frustrations in audit, but I do wish clients were more specific about their goals. Yes, more sales obvious, but what do you want from this channel? That will help me understand what steps you need to take. And Amalia continues her answer to question six, saying, also, with my experience, a lot of agencies audit with an eye to win the business, not to actually improve performance for the client with context in mind. Exactly. And that's what might be what why they will not look at change log or maybe even see the change log and just ignore that and keep just giving advice against that. So, yeah, people who are just in it to steal 
um, not to actually just in it to actually improve the client's business. Yeah, watch out for those people. Steve Gibson replies to oh, question five saying, I rarely use them. So that's smart bidding because they can absolutely tank an effective campaign. And how many clients can you tell? We're going to try this thing. It might destroy your revenue for a month, but after that, it could turn out to be good for you. <laughs> Yeah, but isn't that what testing is all about? Um, yeah, I guess there is testing wisely and testing stupidly. Um, so yeah, it depends on where you see your strategy, your testing strategy lying. And then we've got Julie replying to Amalia, where Amalia had said, my biggest frustration is not enough um, context or access. And my biggest frustration when people audit my account is when they don't bother with the change log change log and recommend things I've already um, tried. So Julie replies to that saying the change history is not user friendly for seeing what happened over time while viewing other parts of the account. Like you can't easily layer on things from the change history when viewing an ad performance. For example, Amalia replies, true, I'm talking about bid strategy mainly. I got a recommendation from a recent audit that said use automated bidding as it performs better. A quick look back, looking at the notes because we annotate would have given that context so yeah sometimes even look at the annotations as well and change log which is a really good idea um and then yeah we've got john kagan replying to question six saying their settings always check to see if when they launched search they remembered their um geo targeting and if they remembered to turn on or off gdn yeah that was another thing because especially with um with google the default setting was to turn on gdn so you always need to be wary about that julie replies to that saying good lord geographic targeting settings even with crappier data now provided for match locations i make the case for geo exclusions in nearly every audit i ever do if you're not excluding any geo areas i guarantee you're getting traffic outside of where you think so geo targeting be wary of that um, and then, yeah, in response to um, her answer to question five, Sonica had said um, in response to question five, saying, I'm all for automated bidding within reasons and with ample testing, taking advantage of automation seems to be the most impactful way to get time back to focus on strategy. She continues, and if you need convincing, I loved reading um, Fred Valley's Digital Marketing in an AI World and his take on automation would recommend. Um, Amalia also said, I'd add Patrick J. Gilbert's book to this join or die and patrick replies to that thanks so yeah good reading recommendations for that as well um and then yeah in terms of the whole talk about change history uh where julie was saying about how it you know it's not user friendly so seeing what happened over time sam replies to that saying agreed our work around to that has been to export the full change log into tableau show it as stacked line graph individual lines equal to users who made changes you could probably do that in excel or sheets too yeah i'm sure that that'll be good to do um amalia replies say i heard the word export and mentally shut down why amalia i love exporting to excel <laughs> and she goes there isn't enough time in the world well it depends on how many changes you've done um sam replies it's honestly honestly not bad i think it takes about 10 to 15 minutes to get it formatted right and looking pretty not terrible but usually interesting yeah i think it'd be nice this is one of the thing areas where it'd be great to have like a template excel where there's a place for data dumping and you then create another tab which i used to do all the time especially when i was at zoopla to automatically format the data from the dump so any every new week that we did the data dump um we had another tab that has just just automatically formats it in the way that is client friendly 
So I'd advise that, Amalia, if you're using Excel or if you want to use it. Glenn Schmelzel replies to question six, saying my frustration is on commercial front um, over orgs being reluctant to pay for an audit. To be honest, we frame it as the onboarding stage of a campaign management contract. When quoted as one-off folks, one-offs, folks rarely get back to us. What do you all find? And yeah, I think that's a very thing to very good thing to think about to make it as part of a way of showing to the client that it is important. Um and then, yeah, we've got Julie taking us to um, our last question of the day, which is pretty much opening up to anyone saying anything else you're wanting to talk about today. And we've got Amalia coming in um, first saying that there's been a lot of shifts in the first four months of the year. Do you think Google will slow down or are we in for a continuous roller coaster? Google slowing down. I don't think they've been slowing down since they... Um, switched um from exact match since they added close variants from exact match i think that was like the first big change of roller coasters and um yeah i don't think the roller coaster is going to stop um but some answers from other people was from roshan saying with um, google is always a roller coaster i agree buckle up buttercup <laughs> love this phrase and it fits google maybe that is what they should have as a slogan for us marketers it definitely should be the slogan Buckle up. Um, yeah, Julia Vice replies to that. Buckle up. Sean Ellie replies, yes, this feels like the new normal, but I hope I'm wrong. Ugh, I doubt it, Sean, I'm afraid. And then in response to um, Glenn Schmelzel's um, frustration about, um, you know, the commercials of audit, Amali replies to this saying that we do them for free, Ugh, which is not my decision. Yep. And then Julie replies to that going, no, literally several O's there. An actual audit has such value, which I know you know. Yeah, there are audit companies out there. There are companies that have built their whole business module and just auditing PPC accounts. So definitely value. Um, she continues also, if a potential client does not want to pay for pay a fair price for an audit that um take that as a warning they might not value your work as they should very true and amali replies oh these are things i wholeheartedly agree with hence my disclaimer above i.e not her decision um and then yeah we've got um continuing um yeah another question for question seven saying does anyone all else lose search query and query and keyword data inside ads when you pause an ad group again does anyone else lose search query and keyword data inside ads when you pause an ad group i can't tell if i found a bug in my ads or if they have just removed that data for paused campaigns i have been working on this for a couple of days now um julia vice replies like an old campaign i still have my query data from the last few years on campaigns that are paused or ended so i'd expect to still have data from stuff paused a week ago um and then yeah he gives a screenshot here this is what i'm seeing i just paused the ad group yesterday and can't tell if it's morning brain or what um and julie julie bicini replies to that saying um that yeah i had this happen before but it was a while ago i think it just fixed itself at some point and sean replied good to know um do we have any questions? And the other question, Julie um, um, makes a comment and an answer to question seven saying, I feel like all the stuff that got paused or whose dev got slowed in 2020 is going to roar over us in 2021. So no, I think the roller coaster is just getting warmed up, which sucks because we are all exhausted already. Yeah. And this is the whole response to, do we think Amalia asking, do we think the roller coaster has, has stopped? No, 
no roller coaster stopping. Um, Sarah Steeman replies to question seven, saying the continuing degradation of the GDN is frustrating. Point is a frustrating point for me. I work with clients who need reporting um, of where the ad showed up. Um, as in co-op money and it's hard when daily I'm cleaning up garbage and kids sites lord that sounds annoying um and we've got um Andrew McGarry as well when um, on the topic of yeah the hot take saying them I'm 100% on your side helping small biz is why I take on startups I shouldn't if I only cared about money, small biz is likely seen as a PR angle. It's not the battleground. Google sees that as a budget competition from TikTok, Amazon, Facebook, and others. It's a war. And um, yeah, there's just been pretty much talk, talking about Google knows exactly what they're doing and I want to limit the data. So yeah, so those with smaller data don't, don't really have much, um, much fight in the game. And so I'll take that um, as, as as the end of our chat today. We did get a few more um, other chats, uh, comments later on um, coming in. Um, I will maybe mention them. So Sarah Siemens goes also in my industry. The site has as many products as an e-commerce store without being able to convert online. So we don't use traditional Google shopping. As a result, we're pausing ad groups based on inventory and losing data with pauses is pr problematic at best. Um, and we also have, um, Sam replying, if we're betting, I'd put money on change acceleration, not slow down. And, um, yeah, I don't know whether that's positive or negative for everybody, but I'll leave that on that. <laughs> I'll leave this chat, uh, on that note. So it's, it's been a really great chat. And as Glenn said, thanks Julie for the freewheeling topics today. Folks who have questions like, um, Mab says did, should DM, um, Julie Bicini or at her handle at Neptune moon, uh, and she'll do her best to get them in. Um, in a in a future PPC chat converse, conversation, so whether it's as a question within a chat or as a we'll make it as a topic, which I feel like some of those questions can really be, um, we should really get on that. Um, we, there's also the official ppcchat.com um, site that has all the roundups and also um, a, a bit to actually where you can actually support um, the PPC chat um, discussions we're having by um, signing up to some really great um, services and third party tools like Adalysis, AdNabu, and so the public call rail, ClickSees, ClickGuard, Feedonomics, and several others. Um, also go on the site for the acronyms for all the different acronyms we use in the chat. Um, and yeah, plenty more. And it's just been, it's, it's really great to see the growth of this uh, podcast. Um, but yeah, I'll leave it at as that. Hope you've taken some great takeaways, some great strategies for Bidding seems great strategies for Flock for what you're going to do in the, fu in the future and iOS. Um, and yeah, if you want to chat about this topic or any other um, other things, that, questions that you have, apart from, yeah, getting in touch with Julie, also get in touch with me um, at, on my handle, The Marketing Anu. Um, and yeah, remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye. <laughs>